All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Hello, petrol head, Nico Smith. On the couch with a cup of coffee? Yes, of course. It's a rainy day in Pretoria, but it's lovely. I love the rain. And it's been a hot week and hot thing. I've heard I wasn't here. (laughs) Is that coffee? Is that chicory or decaf coffee? Oh, no, no. It's proper um, beans that were ground down. um, So it's it's, um, bean to cup coffee. Ah, absolutely brilliant. So, Nico, um, we're going into week 40 of the 52-week challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, we have last week's winner on the line, Shane. But before we even go there, we're going to go into the names of the winners because, of course, this Ooh. is how it works, is that if you win, you get the thing you win is your name in the title of the award, the 52-week challenge, and your name becomes part of the title. And, of course, we do need to start thinking about what happens when we get to 52 weeks, what the next step is. I'm just putting Nothing. that to you. You don't have to. No, don't even think about it. But I'm just putting it to you. I you know, want to plant that little seed, so to speak. So do you have your stopwatch ready? I, I'm ready. I'm counting you down. In wait, wait, wait. What am I competing against? What was the number last week? I don't know. It was like. 13 seconds. It was really quite quick. I forget now, to be honest. No, man, you, know, you, must, you must write it down. <laughs> okay, I'll Please. write it down for next week. Write it Are down you for ready? Next week. Yes. In three, two, one, go. Lucky Alan, Roger, Roger, Polly, Temba, Hans, Jet, Crew, Ian, Hans, Fish, Lucky, Run, Jay, Raditi, Rod, Golani, Temba, Gail, Ray, Anthony, Anthony, Nick, Temba, Kal, Mahungu, Aldred, Uva, Lynn, Lynn's husband, Charlie, Run, Jay, Casper, Gerald, Aubrey, Alan, Jet, Crew, Peter, Bon, Ganai, Imran, Imran, Ken, Shane, Award. Oh, 14.606. Okay, I'm going to write that down. So next week you have a target. 14.60 seconds. 14.60 seconds. Okay, I'd like you Mm -hmm. to just remember that. Right. So that is where we're at. And last week it was Shane who won. What's the question for Shane? Hello, Shane. Hello. Hello, Shane. How are you? Good morning. Fine. How are you? Good. Uh, Can you hear me clearly? Yes, I can hear you. So I'm going to ask the question, and you're going to immediately have to give the answer. If you don't know the answer, rather say you don't know. So we don't we don't really allow Googling um, uh, for whoever has won. So good luck okay. with the question. Here it comes. What does Honda, Mitsubishi, Rolls-Royce, and Saab have in common? So these motor manufacturers, Honda, Mitsubishi, Rolls-Royce, and Saab, what do they have in common? Honda, Mitsubishi, Rolls-Royce, and Saab. Yes. We're going to have to say three, I, two. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. It, is it, yes. Well, it was, it, it was not necessarily an easy question. So um, um, thanks for being on the show. And um, yeah. so we, I guess we're putting it out there, Michelle. We are putting it out there. Thank you, Shane. Nico's very cruel, I have to say. He's like just <laughs> out there. That's it, like, thanks and goodbye. That's like, <laughs> this is like... Yeah, sorry, sorry, if you don't know. Yeah, we're moving on, right? We are moving right on. Yeah, but thank you to Shane. So just ask that question once again, please. So what is Honda, Mitsubishi, Rolls-Royce, and Saab, those motor, motor, motor car manufacturers, what do they have in common? Honda, Mitsubishi, Rolls-Royce, and Saab, what do these car manufacturers have in common? What do Honda, Saab, Rolls-Royce, and Mitsubishi have in common? Okay, we put the question out there and we will await the answers. It's super easy. You can send in 
your SMSs. You can send in your WhatsApps, 0614104107, your SMSs at the SMS rate of 41391. You can even do it on Twitter if that's the way you like to go. Nico, you have had a, I don't want to say interesting because that sounds a bit crass, but you've mm. had a, a most extraordinary experience this week. Yes, you know, Michelle, I was in Windsor. I was working in Cape Town, so I, and I was close to Gordon's Bay. So I decided to go to the Skinbrass Dam to go have a look at the view because uh, I was going to visit somebody, and I had the, the Windsor. Um, I wasn't working, so I thought, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity. And so I drove up to the dam. It was early in the morning, about 9 o'clock, so I drove. So it's just outside Gordon's Bay, and it's a, like a little pass. It's like a, quite a steep drive up to the top of the dam. So um, I drove, um, so halfway there's a, a place where you can stop and take pictures. So I took a picture, then drove to the top, which isn't far away. And as I got to the top, there's not a lot of people, 9 o'clock in the morning. So I noticed um, uh, an old Landover, a, a gentleman sitting there, and I, there were like two other people, another lady. So they were all sort of enjoying the view. Um, and I, I tried to get, you can't unfortunately get into the dam. So I was standing there watching the view um, out through, you know, the Gordon's Bay area and that whole uh, sound of the bay and I turned around and the next moment I heard a crashing sound and as I turned around I literally saw a car running down the mountain which is let me tell you a shocking thing to see so literally uh, I see, see this car rolling down the mountain and it's really very very steep so um, so yeah I'm, I'm watching a car rolling down the mountain which is shocking to see so as it stopped the first thing I did was was phone emergency services so in my case I phoned 112 told them who I was and what had happened and then um, I decided to drive down. Not that, you know, it's very steep, so I didn't think there was anything I could do. Um, the lady also, also noticed it, so I drove down. And as I drove down to where it happened, I actually saw uh, so about 40 meters down, I saw, saw a gentleman that had fallen out of the car sitting there. So I got there um, and then tried to make my way towards him. Uh, there was another person that also made an emergency call. But, but the thing that really, you know, out of it being shocking, there was actually the landover that had, had rolled down the mountain. So that... That old landover that crashed down and actually rolled down the mountain, um, and and you know the gentleman was was in a, had, had been badly hurt. He was in a critical condition. But um, for me, the thing that really was um, um, that impressed me is how quickly emergency services got there from the time that we made the call, and, and the guys were helping him because he was actually on the on the little ledge next to a, another sort of almost a cliff area, and that was quite a drop. So they risked themselves to get there. Um, um, you know, they, they were quick on the scene. They had to stabilize him. Um, the ambulance got there very quickly. Um, they actually um, tried to get the helicopter, but apparently the helicopter, I was overhearing all of this. The helicopter was somewhere else. So they had to stabilize him and then get him back. And they called for advanced life support. So it was really a, a, a very hectic situation. And I, I really felt very sorry for the gentleman. Luckily, he was the only person in the car. And I, I really believe that. Um, you know, it was a miracle that he's alive, that he didn't, that he actually fell out of the car um, and didn't roll to the bottom. Um, he's unfortunately still in a, in a critical but stable condition. And, and I spoke to his wife yesterday, and, and you know, definitely our prayers go out to him that that he'll be fine. Um, but but I want to really say, first of all, thank you to the emergency services of Gordon's Bay and that whole Helderberg area because they were there very quick um, to help to try and, and, you know, and get the person stable as quick as possible, get him to a hospital as quick as possible. And I think this is something as drivers we take for granted because we drive our cars and we sometimes even drive past an accident. Yeah. But we never realize um, the people that are out there to try and to help us if there's an accident, the people would risk their lives, how professional they are, and how 
who they are getting you help and working at their job to help you um, survive whatever accident you could have. So definitely thanks to them for, for their professionalism and, and getting there quickly and helping as quick as they, as they did. It took still quite a while to get the gentleman off the mountain because he was in a very unstable and, and, and slippery area. But sure. um, you know, they, they could get him to hospital as quick as possible. That was really what impressed me as, as how, how well they worked. So thanks to, to all those people from Gordon's Bay. Nick, I've seen the pictures of the car as it hits the very bottom of the, the mountain, and it is completely wrecked. I mean, it's not even in one piece in, at all. You know, when I got there, the roof had actually ripped off um, in the first few meters because it's very rocky. So the, the thing is, uh, as I said, I honestly think it's a miracle that, that he has survived. Um, and, and this, Michelle, is the one instance where what happened is that um, very quickly the, and, uh, um, a fire truck blocked the road because they had to use winches and ropes to to get the gentleman back up again. So um, afterwards, because I had to now wait for all of that before I could leave, um, I was talking to one of the first guys that was on the scene, and he said to me, this is one of the, and this is where it was actually his words, we were just chatting. This mm-hmm. is the, fir- the few times where not wearing a seatbelt actually made a difference. And um, because, you know, they get to lots of accidents all the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and accidents they get to, normally they can see the difference had an accident team between people that wore their belts and those that don't. So the people that, you know, you're more likely, and let's say it's uh, 9,999 9, times out of, out of 100,000, you're more likely to survive wearing a belt. There are those one or two instances where um, it's actually happened that and this is one where not wearing the belt has actually made the difference. But yeah. it would be unwise not to wear your belt because you're thinking of the one out of the... Uh, 9,099. So wearing your belt, I, I still believe, is the best thing you can do um, in, in any emergency. But just the emergency services out there, you know, we're going on to a December holiday now, and, and there's always more accidents, more cars on the road. So these guys, we forget. I think we do forget. I forget about them sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, we, realize, we have to realize they're out there. They, they don't always necessarily get the same views that they deserve from us, but they're out there risking life and limb and, and going the extra mile to save us in critical situations. And it's nice to know that we have people that are well-trained and, and, you know, this this is their job to help us. So, you know, thanks to them. Yeah. Um, for, for Nico, we, we have had a question from someone saying, was it a brake failure? Well, obviously, you wouldn't be able to answer that, would you? No, no, not at all. You know what, if I'm honest, because I, I, I was also speaking to a friend of mine and we, we've done a lot of driver training together. Um, and you know what, you don't actually, I've never heard of a situation of brake failure on a car where the car is, you know, the brakes just stay like in the movies. Um, the brakes get spongy, so you get a, a fair warning if you're on a mountain pass and you're towing a caravan and you're just on the brakes a lot. The brakes get spongy, so they start getting softer and softer and softer. But I've never personally heard of any situation where the brakes just stay like in the movies. You know, you see a movie and the guy hits the brake pedal and suddenly there's no pedal. Yeah. And it's just the car doesn't brake. So I don't think this was the case of this situation. Um, but, you know, it, it, yeah, it's... Um, so you, you see, your car will give you a fair warning if this happens. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, um, um, you know, the best you could do is, is wear your seatbelts and be careful out there, keep a following distance. And again, as I said, thank you to the people that are out there that we don't always say thank you to, to go the extra mile to, to save us. And because, you know, these guys were really geared up, Michelle. They, um, they got there, and of course, having lots of mountain passes out there, they geared up for this type of rescue. So they, they had ropes they, um, to get themselves down. They knew what to do in a critical situation um, where it's against on a mountain or on a ledge, you know, different as opposed to Gauteng. So, you know, I, I must say that they're obviously well-trained and, and this is a situation that they're comfortable with. 
It's not yeah. something we're comfortable with. And I think it's also a difficult type of, of life to be in, to be a, a paramedic and, and to, to be involved in this, you know, and getting to these accident scenes all, all the time. So, again, I'll, I think our prayers definitely also go out to the gentleman. He's in a critical condition but stable in hospital. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I hope he recovers, you know, quite soon. He's actually, um, yeah, it was, yeah, there was something to see, Michelle. You know, Nico, I, I must say when the team and I were talking about it earlier, we were all going, how is it possible that Nico happens to be there at that time? Nico, the car guy, the petrol head. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> like I said, I don't know why. And, and you know what? Uh, another thing is actually that I almost forgot about. Do your kids know what you do in emergency? Do they know the number to phone? Do you know the number to phone? Because that's something that I've realized and, and what I did immediately. I mean, they could, because uh, the police are also there. Um, so, you know, eventually the police are there, traffic is there, the, the, um, um, uh, uh, they're asking, you know, they need to find out what happened. So they would say to me, okay, so what, when did this happen? And I could literally say to them, it happened at this time because it happened one minute before I, after I, one minute after that I made the call. So the first thing I did was make an emergency call. And then the first thing I, you know, personally what I do is if I make an emergency call, I say, this is my name, this is my surname, this is my telephone number. I've just witnessed this incident. This is where this happened. Yeah. So, um, in my case, I phoned 112. Yeah. Um, and then you go through to a call center, and the call center then says what type of emergency that you have. You could also phone 1011, which would be the police. So, yeah. um, you know, so my question again goes out. Have you taught your children, or do you yourself know what, what to phone in an emergency? Because, you know, I was visiting my, my sister as well. So, I said to my nephew, okay, what are the numbers? And I taught him the numbers, 112 and 101. Yeah. Because that's something that I think every, all of us should know. And, and again, definitely your kids should know. Because would they know in any type of situation, we could find. Yeah. Nico, uh, give us the question again. We've got a lot of answers. And so I'm going to uh, put it, we're going to put it out in a moment. What's the okay. question? So what does Honda, Mitsubishi, Rolls-Royce and Saab have in common? Um, so, yes, they, um, I'm sure there would have been interesting um, um um, oh, really? Yeah. So what does Honda, and guys, let's just include Honda, Honda, Saab, Rolls-Royce, and Mitsubishi have in, con- uh, in common? Nico, Basil Walker has sent you a question saying, this is a question for Nico. Why did yes. the early cars go up the steep Cape passes backwards? I would guess, I would guess that their reverse gear was shorter than their first gear. Um, because if the pass is very steep, then if the car is not, the engine is not powerful enough, it's all about gear ratio. So um, if I just would take a wild guess, did he give you the answer, by the way? Yeah, he did. Um, I would guess, my guess would be that the, thir- the reverse gear is a shorter gear in first gear, so that's why they went up backwards. Okay. So Basil says actually the answer is to elevate the fuel tank at the back of the car to a position above the engine for a gravity feed of fuel to the engine. Oh, that's an interesting, great one. You stumped me. Well done. There great we one. go. Okay, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. And that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay, Basil, well done. Then uh, just a note, someone says to let you know that the emergency number 112 works free on all networks. So if you do ever need an emergency number, that's the one. So, Nico, yes. everybody has come in with the same answer. 
Yes, far. I thought, you know what, I, 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 I get slack all the time about the difficult questions. So I thought this week, I'm not going to say it's easy, but this one this week is quite easy. Okay, so I'm going to like answer, give, give, give you the answer which comes all the way from Lesotho, from Tumelo, wow. who says, um, Mitsubishi, Rolls Royce, Honda and Saab make airplane engines and aircraft, especially in World War II. Well, yeah, I, I, I think definitely. But actually, these ones we've named um, uh, actually are still making airplanes. So they're still in the, the airplane industry. So Honda and Mitsubishi have made um, uh, like uh, uh, private jets. So Honda's got a small private jet. So that Mitsubishi actually uh, more like a regional jet. Yeah. Rolls-Royce, of course, are involved with, with jet engines, and they still make um, a lot of airplane engines, although they're ne- not necessarily linked to the car company. Yeah. And Saab, I mean, our Air Force, um, the Saab Gripens that our Air Force flies, or the Gripens were actually made by Saab. You can actually, want to actually go back, you know, back into the Second World War, yes, with Mitsubishi and Honda, they actually made um, um, fighter planes. I mean, the Mitsubishi Zero is a one of the best airplanes that was um, that actually flew in the Second World War. It was extremely maneuverable, the Mitsubishi Zero. Mercedes-Benz actually made um, um, uh, airplane engines, um, and BMW actually made jet engines. And I'm not wrong, they made the jet engine for the ME262. Um, so if you go to the BMW Museum, you'd actually find the jet engines there. And in America, I think Ford was involved with building... Like, I actually think all the car manufacturers in the Second World War started um, building American airplanes because if you look at the rate of airplanes that they built from, like Mustang fighters to, um, um, uh, um, you know, bombers, there was actually, they involved the, the car manufacturers. So all the car manufacturers moved their car manufacturing to a side and started making airplanes. So it's amazing if you actually go and list how many car companies today actually were involved in, in, in especially the Second World War, making um, airplanes or airplane parts. So there we go. So Tumelo in Lesotho, we're going to try and get hold of you. You have just uh, won your name onto the list. And uh, there's a bunch of others uh, that have all gone through. Uwe, you got it right. Uh, Anthony, you got it right. I mean, what's interesting is that Tumelo is one of the few people who says that it's not just air, aircraft engines, but it's also aircrafts as well. Um, mm. Then there's Pase Casello, who's hailing from Bloemfontein, Brett, uh, the list goes on. I am trying to just go through. Yeah, someone in Middleburg, Jenny in Middleburg, uh, says that they make aircraft parts and Saab may or may not um, still manufacture aircraft. So there we go. That's Jenny in Middleburg in the Eastern Cape. And the list goes on. So it's actually so, amazing that, that so many people know this. I think the one that gives it away is Saab. Because Saab doesn't really make cars anymore. But I thought I'd leave Saab in there. If it just had Honda, Mitsubishi, and Rolls Royce, it would be much more tricky. But Saab is sort of the giveaway in this one. Doesn't Saab, Saab make cars anymore? No, they don't. You know, they were actually, it's amazing. Saab was quite, made quite quirky, quirky, quirky cars and, and interesting cars. But um, unfortunately, the, the cars eventually lost their Saabness. And today, Saab does not make any cars. The last cars were really quite boring, so... They're oh. no more cars from Saab anymore. And the, but the jet engines they made, like the, the Draken, the, the Gripen, and the Vigan, were amazing things. So definitely, as, as, I think they were much better at making jet engines, or where, rather fighter jets, as they were yeah. Yeah, making cars. Okay, so um, someone says, are you still planning to discuss the Proton? But I think we discussed the Proton last week already. Mm, we didn't really talk about this. So there was nothing to say about Proton. 
What do you mean there's nothing to say about Proton? They, make, they don't make any cars anymore, so what shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'm sorry. You ever sent him that question? Yo, Nico. <laughs> Okay, so, all right, Tumelo in Lesotho, uh, he says, if you guys are trying to reach me, my microphone is broken so I can hear you, but you won't be able to reach me. All right, well, Tumelo, we'll have to figure out a way to get you on the line next week because you are a winner. Yes. Um, and the fact is, it's exciting. We've had someone listening from Dubai, someone listening from Lesotho. Wow. And the list goes on and on. Oh, someone also wants you to talk about the Tesla. That's Mahendra. But we'll have to do that next week. Nico, we'll talk to you next week. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.